Welcome to the Brown Rudnick Women in Business podcast series. The views and opinions expressed herein are those of each individual speaker and do not represent the opinions of Brown Rudnick LLP. This podcast is presented for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not intended to be construed or used as legal advice or a solicitation of any kind. The recording cannot be duplicated or rebroadcast without prior written consent. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Women in Business. I'm Haley Lennon, a partner in Brown Rudnick's Digital Commerce Practice Group. And today we have Tong Tong Gong from Amber Data. Welcome, Tong Tong. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Haley. And hi, everyone. My name is Tong Tong. I'm a co-founder and COO of Amber Data. We are a crypto asset data infrastructure company. And I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. I think your journey is especially Interesting. I'd love to just kind of jump into that. So, I mean, I know that you started your career more on the software development side, and now, as you said, you're co-founder and COO of Amber Data. How did that journey come about and, and that transition for you? Well, I often like to say I'm an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> My life is a line of accidents and <laughs> and, uh, uh, and things just kind of happen. So, I was born and raised in Beijing, China, and when I came to the United States, I was 17 years old. Uh, when I got into college, my English was not great, and I'm often terrified about you know writing English papers, and I just don't think my, my level is there. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my professor, what can I major in to be you know still on par and being able to be competitive with my fellow classmates? And the recommendation was computer science, because you're learning the language whether it's a C++ or Java, all at the okay. same starting point. So I'm like, you know what? I can do this. I might not be able to like compete when it comes to writing English papers, but I can write code, right? So that's how I started my career as a computer science degree and then ends up to be an engineer. So um, my career is really on the back of engineering, data processing, parallel computing, big data, uh, analytics. So I worked as engineer for over 10 years of my career. And eventually, I just got intrigued into the crypto world and um, co-founded the company Ember Data with my co-founders. That's such an interesting point that code can almost be a universal language. And that was, you know, a good recommendation and a, and a good choice on your part, because obviously you've had a lot of success in that area. Was the transition from software development to having such a sort of executive decision-making role in a company intimidating? How did you, how did you feel making that initial transition? I think it was more exciting than intimidating for me. You know, people often ask me, you know, when you came to the U.S. when you were 17 years old, without knowing anyone, have any family and barely speak language, is it not intimidating? I often say, you know, I was too young and naive to feel the fear. (laughs) Everything is opportunity. And I like when you have nothing to lose, you just go for it. And if you think about now, hey, Tony, I'm going to drop you in the middle of nowhere, like kind of don't speak the language and start all over. I might say, oh, that's scary, right? But when you're young and naive, you don't feel that way. And I think as a founder, too, in the beginning, you're fearless. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I feel like I know a lot of data. I feel like, hey, I can build a data product in, in, in crypto. To backtrack a little bit, talk about what Ember Data does, right? We provide the really the best in class, most comprehensive data analytics insights 
two of the financial institutions. So we started a journey five years ago. We now provide market data, on-chain data, DeFi data from spot to derivatives, including all the DeFi protocols. We provide all that stuff for our customers and our customer bases, including all the TriFi as well as the smartest people in DeFi. And I probably couldn't name some of our customers, but um, our investors, including Citibank, NASDAQ, Susquehanna, you know, those are just a few of our investors, National Australia Bank. So we are here to help all the institutions to understand crypto and adopt crypto. So back to, you know, when we started a company, I think we didn't know what's in front of us. And we just know this is a exciting space to be in. We just know there's a lot of data to be made sense of, and there's lack of tooling, lack of insight, lack of a reliable data source for people to make sense of everything. So that's where we start building. And I think part of it being founder is that you have this custom empathy, right? And as long as you're solving a problem for customer, you are providing a value. And that's really where everything starts. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, one of the, I think, misconceptions of the cryptocurrency and blockchain space is this idea that everything's anonymous. But in reality, you know, a blockchain is a decentralized ledger and there's a lot of data there, right, that law enforcement uses, that companies need access to. And so to me, that's one of the things that makes your company so important in the space is giving that level of transparency and giving users or, you know, customers the ability to understand the data that is there. In your mind, what about your role in the ecosystem is so innovative and necessary? To me, it's it's that making cryptocurrency and blockchain information understandable to companies that need access to make decisions. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, people often say, hey, blockchains are public and transparent, the data is out there. So why do we need a data provider like Amber Data? Mm-hmm. And that similar analogy I give people is that, you know what? All websites are open and public and free. Then why do you need Google? Because raw blockchain data without aggregation, without indexing, without the derived insights to build on top of it, it's useless. Right. All the data is there, right? Can you imagine not having a a search engine to navigate the internet, it's it's impossible, right? Remember the early days when we have a bookmark? We used to have a bookmark on different things, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm bookmarking everything that's that I find that's you know useful. So you really need to have that live engine to help you connect the dots and make sense of things. And especially if you think about crypto trading, right? Crypto is being created on-chain right? Uh, Whether it's a native coin or token based on a smart contract and the transaction, the leveraging, the different mechanism, token uh, economics is happening on chain. At the same time, they're also being traded on the centralized exchanges, right? Like Binance, like Coinbase. And they're also being traded as derivatives on Deribit, on CME. So you have to understand the fundamentals of what supports the value of these tokens and crypto assets, and at the same time, understand the liquidity, understand open interest, uh, liquidations, order book depth, price slippage across all of these different trading menus. There is no end of a day in crypto, right? Crypto trades 24-7 across centralized and decentralized venues, 
And all these things are generating overwhelming amount of data. And for people to participate in this world, you have to understand, you have to have access to the data so that you can mitigate risk, so that you can capture opportunity edge, right? That's really just the, the front office use case. In the back office too, you have to understand how to do accounting, tax and compliance Right. Um, and settlements, right? Fund admin, because you need data to do your business. Before being a partner at Brown Rudnick, I was regulatory counsel at Coinbase. And before that, Bitflyer, a Japanese exchange that was moving into the United States. And that ability for centralized exchanges to really understand what's going on on their platform and ensure you know market integrity is, is a really important aspect, especially because of all the various regulators that touch on the cryptocurrency space in the United States. And so it's definitely a tool I understand would have a lot of demand and and especially based on your investors, it's clear you all have had a ton of success. So where's the company today, you know, size-wise, geographic, the amount of team members you have? We just finished our um, Series B fundraise. So altogether, we raised $47 million. Our Series B was $30 million, which is backed by a number of institutional investors, including Nasdaq and Susquehanna. And it was led by No Ventures. Mm-hmm. And today we are shy of 100 people. And our um, team spun across U.S. and Europe. And our customer base is really everywhere organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have customers in Australia, Asia, Europe, and um, U.S. as well. We came a long way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the fact that crypto and, and blockchain is a technology that's so borderless, it, it makes sense that you know users of your platform and the demand would be coming from all over. So it's, it sounds like you have a great team. How important do you think it, it is for a founder to really choose carefully the, the team members that support the initiative? And what, you know, what did you sort of look for in a team when you were building your company? Um, well, the team is everything, right? I think our number one asset, it's the team that we have. And uh, the number two asset is the data that we have, right? I think we have today almost seven petabytes of data. Um, and because we, we've been accumulating this for five years now. And I often say my data and my uh, AWS cost is the, my operating <laughs> expense is the moat that I've been building for someone that's just starting the journey today, right? The team, when it comes to team, we are actually incredibly fortunate. And uh, the engineering team we're looking for is someone that it's super smart in the big data processing. Right. And uh, so that's actually make it very easy for us to hire people because I'm looking for is people that know how to process you know, big data. So we actually hire from ad tech companies because they understand data at scale. Right. And uh, yeah, from that perspective, it's like it's actually very much like a web two business model. And and also it's very important to hire a very diverse team. I'm super proud to say like I'm really we're super diverse. Yeah. Everyone comes from different backgrounds and it just makes it fun to be working together because you always have different perspective on things and uh, it's very well balanced. So, you know, this is our women in business podcast and I'm very happy to be featuring an amazing voice in the crypto and blockchain industry like yours. You know, there's a lot of talk about the crypto industry being male dominated or investors in cryptocurrency being primarily male. How has your experience been as, as a woman in the industry? You know, in some ways, 
it's understandable in my mind that cryptocurrency and blockchain may be more male dominated just because of the other industries that feed into it, like tech and engineering and finance. But what has your experience been as a woman founder in this space? I think you're spot on, right? I, I don't think it's a, it's a crypto only type of an issue. It's really, it's tech companies in general or Wall Street in general, it's tend to be more uh, male dominant. And I actually think in crypto space, it's more welcoming to women than I would say Wall Street comparing. I've known a lot of women founder in the space. And I would say like the, the group here, of course, there's like the crypto bros, right? I think in any industry, you have the, the bro culture somehow. But I, I feel like in crypto, we're actually very much like inclusive. And there's a big movement on you know, there's a woman in blog and there's different blockchain meetup just for women to get together. And, uh, you know, funny story about, you know, Ember Data, our very, very first um, coming out of stealth mode, first public demo in early 2018 was a woman in blockchain meetup in New York. And because that was one of my, I guess, a mission is like, hey, the first time I'm coming out of stealth, first time demoing, I'm going to demo in a, you know, woman in blockchain meetup. Because I feel like, you know, if it's like give everybody, everyone like a leg up on the data and insights, it should be enough women insights. So we did that. And that was our very first demo. So I'm really proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think I think part of having just a diverse team like you were talking about or having more diversity in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space is just making everyone feel welcome in learning about it. And that's something I've been really passionate about, too. I started a company last year, an organization called Crypto Connect that's a women-led organization that does meetups and, and puts out podcasts and informational and so, you know, like we started the, this discussion talking about code as a universal language, blockchain technology, the goal of it really, in my mind, is to open financial inclusion to everyone. Yes. And so absolutely, I, I, I love the idea of just ensuring that, that women are part of the conversations and part of your first demo. That's such an important thing to just open the door or pull up a chair and welcome anybody. Yeah, because everything starts with information sharing, right? It's, it's the access to knowledge, the access to the community. And uh, I think I was first encouraged because I went to a meetup where I listened to um, Christine Moy uh, from JP Morgan and Amber Baudet back in the day demoing Quorum, which is the uh, JP Morgan's enterprise version of Ethereum forum and uh, talk about their use cases and different clients you can build and i'm like wow this is interesting and when i see the blockchain lead it was ember and christine are both two badass ladies i'm like okay jam i can do this <laughs> yeah, definitely and you have i mean you really have had a, a lot of success and i'm sure i'm sure we'll have much more in the coming years um what are some of the lower points or challenges that you've experienced, especially in the crypto space? You know, crypto markets have there's volatility right now. We're sort of in this bear market. What are some of the challenges you've experienced or think we'll see in the years to come for blockchain? Well, right now, we're definitely in some interesting time, I would say, right? And I think this whole FTX debacle is definitely really hurtful for the crypto industry. Yeah. We're still watching the contingent effect, um, you know, getting played out. 
And uh, the challenging thing about being a crypto industry is that um, if you think about, you know, the Theranos um, fraud case, um, when Elizabeth Holmes got, you know, sentenced, people are not questioning the viability of biomedical industry, right? They they think this is a particular fraud in, in one case. But with FTX, somehow people start questioning the crypto industry, which I don't think is a fair assessment per se. It's a one particular individual and that company's governance issue, right? And that just basically big fraud. We're talking about like an Enron moment here. But so that's the, the part that it hurts us as an industry as a whole. But do I think crypto is going to go away? Absolutely not. Digital assets really, it's alternative asset class that I think is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It opens up how we trade, especially on the DeFi, decentralized finance portion. It's innovatively to see like, how do we do financial primitives? How do you do lending? How do you do leveraging? And how can you do trading and structured product without a centralized entity? And I think the whole FTX thing is even more so proof that the financial industry needs to be um, disrupted um, based in a more decentralized, so you don't have someone have so much power and that can break the industry, right? So decentralized finance, it's ever more so important. So I don't believe crypto and digital assets going away. I believe people are going to have a more question about how do I value? How do I understand risk? What is our interconnected tissues that need to be monitored and assessed? So I think my challenge is that keep on building what we need to build for you know, when the dust settles and people realize I need access to more reliable data and that's what we're here for. Um, I told my team, chin up, heads down. <laughs> that's a great message. And I, and I agree with you. I think some of the things that have happened over the last few months have shaken trust, especially public perception. People who don't work in the industry now sort of question the companies and really the goals of the cryptocurrency space. But if you really think about what has been shown over the last few months, it's that the more centralization and the less transparency, the more risk. And so certainly see how a company like yours really plays into the long-term solutions to some of the problems we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll, I'll end the, our conversation by just asking you, you know, who or what inspires you in your professional and personal life? What makes you happy? What hobbies do you have? Hobby? Um, I don't have hobby. I just work all the time. <laughs> it might be completely truthful, right? Um, Blockchain and data is your hobby. Plotting data is my hobby and keeping up with all the volatile market is my hobby. You know, I believe if you're, if you love doing what you do, then you never work a day in your life. I really enjoy what I'm doing. I'm really grateful for the opportunity and where we are today. I believe this is a perfect opportunity today. I'm measuring my expertise in, you know, data for the past 15 years to my passion in crypto and at the right time, have the right product. And it's a, a matter of how do we scale? How do we build better product? How do we, you know, uh, become more of a delight for our customer, right? I love what I'm doing here at Merdata. And so it's, every day is a blessing. Well, thank you so much for your time. I, I've been really inspired just to hear 
about your journey and, and what your company does and appreciate you taking the time to come speak with me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Heidi. Thanks so much again for listening to another episode of Women in Business hosted by Brown Rudnick. And thank you again, Tong Tong, for your time. Thank you.